A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, friends. Have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach, and within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer to the best of our abilities. <laughs> I am joined by always my amazing sister from another mister, Kristen Williams. Well, hey, everybody. So good to be here. I'm sure we have some great questions lined up. So let's get rolling. Yes, this is from Move Well with Allison a lit yoga teacher. Um, I had an interesting question recently and thought it would be a good question for the podcast. My student in her late 40s was told by a holistic doctor that she should reduce exercise intensity for perimenopause. He said no hot yoga, which I agree with anyway, haha, and nothing high intensity. Have you heard of this recommendation and what do you think of it? Well, um, I am not a menopausal expert, but... That doesn't make sense to me completely. Uh, the only thing I could think of is that if this person was experiencing like hot flashes and a lot of like changes in thermoregulation, then getting more external heat might be exacerbating those kind of hot flashes. But the intensity, I don't know. I, I'm a is this a is this a male doctor or a female doctor? And. Uh, is this somebody who really knows a lot about menopause? I think menopause is different for everyone. Um, and we still, there's, this is still an area that is not, I think, well versed. And in, in, in other words, I don't think there's like menopausal doctors out there. I think people learn about it. They see what happens, you know, kind of in their patient scope. But I, I, I don't know if they've ever studied like areas of the country or areas in the world that don't have the same kind of 
issues with menopausal symptoms that maybe we do here in the United States or other Western countries that I do think lifestyle is a part of. So for me, I can't imagine saying don't do something with high intensity. In fact, a lot of people would say you need to bring more high intensity in the pre, peri, and postmenopausal state in the terms of plyometrics. This is great for bone density. Um, in terms of weight training uh, with added weight, your own weight, et cetera, those are all in the high-intensity scope. We know of runners who continue to run in those areas, and some could argue that there's high-intensity that. So it doesn't make sense to me with the full you know, d disclaimer that I am not a menopausal expert, but I certainly have done a lot of research of my own. I certainly have read up and talked to my functional medicine doctor, who I think would disagree with that, unless there was something that was, again, really off with thermoregulation, where that change of, you know, because when you start exercising in high intensity, your heart is beating faster, your vessel, everything's going to open up more, so there's more blood flow, more heat, and if your body isn't regulating that well because of some um, hormonal or endocrine, endocrine you know, misfiring or something, then that would be reason to not do it. Do you have any thoughts on that? So that was my thought too. Again, and we, full disclaimer, I'm I'm not a doctor. I mean, I'm a doctor of physical therapy, but I'm, I'm not a medical doctor. Um, I don't specialize in menopause, but I would say just as we do in physical therapy, there are contraindications to exercise. And that, so if this person is, you know, has an MS or something where she already has an autoimmune reason for having thermoregulation issues, then I could see that. So I don't think we have enough information and it's, and I would argue perhaps this doctor wasn't making a blanket statement either. He might've been making the statement for her. Laura, you said it. Everyone is different with their menopause. Some people, they barely feel a thing. Other people, it's horrible. And people differ in thermoregulation. Lord have mercy, we see it in the studio mm -hmm. where you have some people who are, they could, they're pouring with sweat by the end of the reset. Other people aren't. It doesn't matter how hard you push them, they don't sweat. So that is just a body difference. Um, so I would probably guess that guy wasn't making a blanket statement. He might've been making it for her specifically. I agree with you. I hesitate to ever tell someone not now. Hot yoga, we all would agree. I mean, any artificial heat is going to substantially ratchet up your anyone's issues, whether they're anyone, having yeah. menopause or not, with thermoregulation. And I also think a lot of sense, you know, really decreases your sense of where your body is in space. Therefore, it's a little less safe. Blah, blah, blah. I'll get off that. But, um, you know, so I would question, does she have other things that would make it either contraindicated or an absolute contraindication to it. If not, I'm in your boat. I would, I would really, you know, I think this is more symptomatic. If the hot flashes are bad, then, you know, I don't know. Does, you know, can you, can you improve hot flashes with exercise? I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't know enough about it. Yeah. But I don't I either. I, I have, about yeah. Person. I definitely have had people who've said that, well, A, they don't get hot flashes when they're exercising. It's usually mm -hmm. some other time, but it, they improve when, you know, again, they're 
in better shape. I'm mm -hmm. not saying people that have hot flashes are not in good shape. I'm just saying that uh, it, it, it all depends, like like we were talking about again. I mean, some people had have periods that just they don't even know it's coming. It comes and it's no big deal. And others are like, you know, down for the count for two days. So mm -hmm. everybody is different. And we do have to really acknowledge that. So I would say learn some more about maybe why this doctor said that, because there there might have been a reason and maybe there is not. Who knows? Okay, Jaja Yoga. Where to start with someone chronically not able to move his neck? Triple S on the floor is impossible. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You want to start with that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so I, again, chronically unable to move the, the neck. Honestly, we're seeing this more and more. I was talking with my, my private client this morning, and we were talking about something unrelated, uh, you know, but relating it to the neck. And he said to me, and he works in New York in finance. And he says, he said, honestly, Kristen, I don't think, I think most people, if you would ask them uh, in, in our Western current society have neck pain. And I was like, you know, you're absolutely right because of what we're putting our bodies through. So my question would be, you know, is there a true restriction which we do see. And as people get older, I, I would see this a lot with my older clientele who have worked or commuted or done something in a computer, our engineers, our people in who are at a desk, um, our, our, our coders, they they literally, you know, have started, you can see but on an x-ray, there is bony change where, because arthritis in your neck starts a lot earlier than in most areas of your body for this it's posture it's posture people you know we mm -hmm. you look at our I, I used to i cried when my children they would sit with this beautiful perfect posture and then right around you know preschool to early elementary they start doing this and i don't know is it learned is it because now our head isn't as big in relation to our body so it's not as hard to hold up when you're little you've got this giant head so the body is going to put it in its most supported position, which is in perfect triple S posture. As our body grows, our head doesn't grow at that same rate. So I think we just start to get lazy and then we're, we're, we're put in chairs all day at school. We lose that posture. There's less play. Um, so number one, not all you know, loss of range of motion is, is true loss. You know, you, we can restore a lot, but we have to change habits. So, and it requires someone to not just come to the lit yoga mat and go into a triple S or lie on the ground and find a triple S for an hour a day. It is changing what you're doing throughout the day. It is purposely turning your head to look over your shoulder, not turning your whole body. It is purposely drawing the, you know, the occiput up, the mastoid process up and, you know, actively getting into that deep cervical, that deep cervical flexion to lengthen the spine. It is, it's correcting the, the pelvis. So I would be curious and he might be someone in their forties. So that I don't believe uh, in my experience, I have seen not many people in their forties where it is true like stenotic change where we can't restore range. And so these are the people that, you know, you talk to them about what they're doing off the mat, how can they make changes in their life? And then you do, you give them, you give them some neck exercises to do. You, you ask them to do the work. 
some people just don't have time. They don't have the inclination. They're not going to do it. And you can't put that on you that if someone's not going to do the work, it's not your issue to fix them. We see this a lot in physical therapy. You feel like, my God, I can't get them better. Well, it's 10% what you do on the mat. It's 90% what you do off the mat. Same thing is true in a yoga class. So give them the tools to try to help themselves. Um, You know, maybe they go see a physical therapist who can help with some manual stuff. But um, at 40, I would argue it is not yet most likely unless there is an ankylosing spondylitis or something that is again, more an autoimmune issue, it is most likely soft tissue restriction and habits that we need to change. And then we can get to, we may never get to a beautiful triple S that's this ideal, but again, back to last week's episode, let go of perfect and let's just try to improve. What what else do you have to say on that, Laura? Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. And I would say that, um, Getting triple S on the floor doesn't mean that everything's on the floor. Like put a block under the skull, start to get, because, you know, like Christian just went through all the anatomy of it. But if your atlas, your first cervical vertebra is not on top of the other ones, it's really hard to move your head because again, there's all like so many reasons, right? It's not just, it's not, it's soft tissue. And then there's joint, the joints are not uh, stacked in a way. So Getting the triple S doesn't mean that you're, so people that are, I think everybody listen probably knows what triple S is, but it's the skull, the scapula, and the sacrum. And in the beginning of class, we often lie on our back and we kind of feel that. And that is a way for people who are living in a kind of zoomed out way in their daily life to actually start to understand and neurologically encode this feeling of a more neutral position. And if you if a person's there and their chin's way up or they can't even get their head on the ground, you just put something underneath it. That actually is a wonderful stretch for the back of the neck because when somebody is unable to really move their neck well, it's a combination of they have extra extra flexion and the very bottom of the cervical spine and extra extension at the top. So you have to kind of get the upper cervical more flexed in meaning like to be able to slide the skull back and get a little more extension in that lower cervical T-spine area. So there, like Kristen said, this is something somebody, a person needs to work on kind of relentlessly, but it doesn't mean you're going to do it 24 seven. It's just as many times as you can think about We do shoulder rolls. Well, why are we doing that? We're going the opposite direction we tend to go. We're trying to free up some of the tissue that gets restricted and is, uh, getting tighter when the, the the head is protruded. So it's it's not impossible until you are fused or something else. So just keep at it. But like Kristen said, an improvement is still might still not look great, but it's an improvement. So it's like you just want the person to feel like they've got more space in the back of their neck and less strain in the front. We've got some nice videos. On I was going to say your stretch daily. class, everybody should take that to help mm-hmm. really assess, like, where are you right now? But then we yeah. have a lot of neck stuff. Neck mobility. So um, our teacher, Shafali, she she says for the, la- for the last several months, she's she does, I have this 15 minute neck mobility class. She goes, I do it every night before I go to bed. Ah. And it's been a game changer because what is she doing? She's just mobilizing. She's moving because she is in corporate world. 
She's in com on a t computer all day long. She's, you know, in Zoom. And so just she has learned that by just doing those moves, it, it's nothing crazy. It's 15 minutes out of her life. She feels better because movement is medicine. It is. It is. And you've it's never too late to improve your neck, people. And it it's not just improving your neck. It's improving your blood flow, your energy, down the chain, your movement, it, all, all of these things are so much related to when your neck is, is not in its best alignment. All right. This person wrote just Elman, Elman, L-M-A-N. It's kind of like Laura Hyman, L, but that's a <laughs> limit. Maybe it's, anyway, it's all one word. My feet hurt first thing in the morning. Any advice? Help. Well, okay. So just like anything else, like when we answer these questions, this is all we're given. We would, as physical therapists, actually go deeper. Like, what do you mean? Where does it hurt? What part of your foot hurts? Does it feel like, like you're stepping on hot coals? Does it feel just really tight and compressed? Like what's the feeling of hurt? Um, and then of course we would look at all the other things, movement and talk about like what you're putting your feet in all day, what your daily life is like. Are you sitting a lot of the time? Are you running? There's all kinds of things. Most people who I think I've seen that say when their feet hurt first thing in the morning, and it's going to be something around the plantar fascia Achilles heel combo, you know? So it could be that um, they're, and, and, and it makes sense. Like you've, when you're moving, your tissues get warmer, there gets some blood flow, and then you're still, and they kind of get like root. And then the first thing you do is step on that kind of restricted fascia, and it will be very painful. So anybody with plantar fasciitis understands that that that's like the cardinal sign. My feet hurt when I step, when I get out of bed. It's like I can barely put weight on them. So that would be my first instinct, unless it was something like the way you're sleeping and you're curling your feet plantar flexed or like they're stuck in, you know, sometimes I remember, I can't remember who it was. We were, um, oh, it was, I think it was Brenda Lawyer. So he was saying like, make sure you don't do the hospital type of, um, corners, you, corners, corners, because you, when you do that, you kind of slide your legs in and then they get stuck in a more plantar flex position. Uh, because the hospital corners are so severe. So better to have like a little bit of a lighter hold, messier bed. So your feet are also not stuck or bound into one position overnight without you even realizing it. And we, you know, there's a lot to be said if it is plantar fasciitis, there's, you have to work on so many things. Um, this could be an entire episode, but you do want to um, try and calm down the inflammation and People will tell you that you should wear inserts. You can only, I would only wear them for a little bit of time. You don't want to, um, and then there's other people that are like, don't wear inserts, get barefoot and just like manage some of that pain to help uh, get that fascia freer. You can roll a little bit on it just to get some heat into the plantar fascia, but you ultimately need to figure out why that's happening. And that's probably decreased mobility of your ankle and your hip maybe being in a shoe all day, maybe running in a repetitive way. There's, there's, there's lots of factors. That's why we would need to ask a lot more than that. But anytime you wake up and you're in pain, just think, I don't deserve this. And this is not necessarily normal. So what to do about it? And so I would definitely, Elman, I would definitely go see somebody 
um, a physical therapist. KB and I do privates virtually, but seeing a person in, in person is great if you can do that. Just go and get it checked out because it's not something you want to just live with. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, kind of piggybacking on the last question, you said this, you know, mobility. Uh, some of the things that I'll give people to do, even before they take their first step, yes, stretching out the calf, yes, stretching out the ankle, but, you know, thinking about just that soft tissue, that that dura, that dura is like what lines the spinal cord and the, the nerves and, you know, from the crown of the head all the way down to the tippy toes, sometimes that can just be tight, um, that posterior line. So I've had people, I'll kind of sit on my little bed here that is in my room, that I'll have them like, all right, before you even get out of bed, just, you know, get out, you know, sit, drape your legs off and do a little bit of like a, like a nerve glide where you're going to. So KB's sitting on the bed, straightening her right leg, like kicking it straight and then lowering her chin. So it's getting that and then lifting and lowering. Yeah. And so I just have them do that five times and I have them stand up, turn around and do the stretch that, you know, gastrocnemius Mm -hmm. solus, just so you're loosening it up and that becomes your daily practice. It takes you 90 seconds, you know, so it's not a big chunk out of your time. That's one thing. My dad still does it. I've told this before. My my dad, this five years ago, six years ago, he had plantar fasciitis. He does it every single day. He doesn't have any pain, but he does it. It's preventative. So again, movement is medicine. But to your point, Laura, getting someone to look to see the root cause, you know, what can we affect further up the chain that might be you know, causing you in your gait pattern, in your running, in your shoe wear, um, you know, what can you change? Because like you said, I love that you said, if you're waking up in pain, that's, that's, that's not acceptable. You know, there, we can do stuff about that. We can eradicate that. And it's going to be taking a deeper dive than just zeroing in on the foot and ankle, which I'm sure needs work, but I would argue stuff further up the chain might need some attention to. Um, and you'd be surprised. Yes, you can do the palliative stuff. I love to mention the rolling always helps. We're just loosening that the plantar fascia can get kind of bound down. And I love the hospital corners, you know, having the feet pointed all night, that's going to shorten things up. I mean, oh my gosh, the, the, the Strasbourg sock that was so big when, when we were getting out of PT school, they would put poor people in this contraption that would keep your foot dorsiflexed all night long. And then talk about not being able to have sheets on top. It's like so weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird as opposed to because they, they wanted to keep it on stretch. Come on people. Like then yeah. nobody's sleeping well with that. People get put in boots, the stuff they do for people. It's like, that is so short-sighted and like microscopic rather than looking at the full body. Um, so yeah, go see somebody Elman and, you know, and really have someone look at you. If, if, if you go to somebody and they're just looking at your foot, I, I would try to find somebody else, you know, who will look at you up the chain and really up the chain, ask you. you, are, do you have TMJ? Are you, are you, a jo- do you grind at night? Because all that is relate. this all is linked, even though it seems like very far away, um, most people will feel it in their jaw, but you could feel it in your neck. You could feel it in your feet. You just don't know. So, yeah, you want to go to somebody who's asking all kinds of questions like that, what you're yep. doing at, during the day, what you're doing at night, et cetera. So good luck with that. No, Nobody deserves to wake up and, and feel pain much in any way. 
Okay, so this is a good one. This is uh, one that I screenshotted and the name is off. Uh, what is your favorite self-care tip? I thought we could end on that because that'd probably be fun oh, self-care fun. tip. Uh, uh, I know. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. I'm the worst. Like, I'm the worst when it comes to self-care. I, I admit people will buy me gift certificates for, like, massages or, or facials, and it takes me a year to use it because I just yeah. I don't ever think in those terms. That being said, I would say for me, my self-care comes in the way of exercise. Like I, I do prioritize that in my life. It makes me feel good. Um, it is something that I enjoy. So I am one of those weird people that I've always liked exercising. I've always liked doing it alone. I don't need the social. Uh, I'm, I mean, I'm thankful for that because I know a lot of people, they hate it. They just, it's not what they enjoy. So I think that is my self-care. But also, um, you know, and I've said this before, reading, just taking a moment or 20 minutes to let go of whatever is going on and just dive into a good book. Um, and I'm talking about like, it can be anything from fantasy fiction to a biography, you know, but just something that takes me away um, because I'm like anybody else. I can get into my brain and that's where I can get stressed. And so my self-care is comes in the terms of exercise and escape, escape from just uh, anything but an imaginary good story that's about human light. You know, I, I love human interest stuff. I'm not even a person that sits and, and watches a show. Um, I just love to read. So for me, it's reading and exercise. What about you, Laura? Yeah, I love that. I think self-care, I, I think it's such an interesting concept in the sense that we should be self-caring every day. And so, yeah, I'm like you. I don't really... I think everybody's different. Like I just, I was the same way. Movement always settled my, I just am a nicer person. I'm just better in myself and with others. And it's, um, it's not a punishment, you know? So self-care to me feels like sometimes people think of it as like something they need to do because they deserve it or, or, or whatever. You do deserve it, but you deserve it every day. So don't reserve it to like, uh, you know, so that's why I think movement and again, movement shouldn't be like something you do to burn calories or to fit into a pair of jeans or whatever. It should be because it's our bodies were made to move. Our brain is was created <laughs> because we move. You know, that's the reason we have this incredible um, and all the things that accompany that. So. Yeah, for me, movement is self-care. Um, and when I don't move, I don't feel as good. And that doesn't mean I don't add on little things like, like you said, a massage and things like that. That feels amazing. Those are wonderful. But um, self-care to me is movement and reading. I also read. I love. It's kind of like winding down. Mm -hmm. And um, just trying to be the best version of myself, I think, is the best self-care because then we feel clear and clean and consistent. And it doesn't mean every day is the same, but that's, that's self-care. That's like taking yeah. care of all the parts. Yeah. And I think part of that is like you said, being the best version of yourself, I, the pointing it out, pointing out that it is every day and be okay with that. Like it is okay to take however long you need and pay attention to yourself, you know, mm -hmm. give yourself what you, I think we, we are just, everything is work, work hard, play hard, work hard, play hard. Well, what about relax hard, you know? Yes. Or... Oh, yes. And rest. Rest, 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 rest. Rest. I am a big believer in rest. I think people think that 
the two of us are busy, 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 which we are, but we are really good resters too. Like whenever I need to rest, I have no, and that doesn't mean I'm taking a nap, but it's just, I'm on the couch, I'm reading a book. Like I, it's, it's important. And rest is um, part of that self-care as well. Is And I think again, when you, when you are in tuned and listening and it isn't ever from a, you know, we have to stop judging. speaking, judging ourselves, you know, when people, um, talk about movement or exercise. That's why I think movement is a better term because it's whatever. It could be 10-minute walk down the street. It could be, you know, stretch. It could be run. It could be practice on the mat. Whatever form of movement is making you feel more alive, not to be able to do something else, right? It's just in this moment so that each day you're in that more alive state because I think you know, that there's a lot of distractions and stuff that happens. And yeah, and, and when you're more tuned in, you're more tuned in to when you need to rest. And that might be like a, a small or big portion of the day or not every single day, but um, it's tuning in. Yeah. All right. We'd love to hear from you. What do you think is self-care? And any other questions, you can write us at support at lityoga.com. You can ask us anything, as you can see. Yep, or you can find us on Instagram. Laura is at laura.hyman and I'm kbwilliams99. Just drop us a DM. We will screenshot it. We'll try to remember to get your name. And I do that all the time, Laura. I'm like, dang it. I know. Sorry about <laughs> but, that self-care person. Yeah, we will get to your questions. And, um, you know, and I know that every question you ask, there's somebody else out there that has the same question. And so that's the joy of it, too. I think when we hear other questions that pertain to us, it's like, Again, no one is perfect, um, and everybody is, you know, seeking answers and seeking, you know, um, just to feel better. So let's mm -hmm. let's feel better together. That's what we're about. All right, we want to feel lit up, and as always, we're pulling we're for pulling you. For you.